Thank you. Welcome, everybody, wherever you're gathered in our Kingsgate centres. Trust you'd agree that it was wonderful last Sunday to mark the moment, to look back, to celebrate and thank God for his amazing faithfulness. I mean, how good has God been to us? You know, 28 years ago, starting in our home with nine people through to today, where we have thousands of people gathering in four cities, hundreds and hundreds of amazing testimonies of transformed lives and the privilege of serving other churches and networks in this nation and blessing overseas too. Why don't we just take a moment to, wherever we gather, to thank God once more for his incredible faithfulness. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we thank you for what you've done and are doing in our midst. And I want to just say a huge thanks to amazing staff and volunteers. This has been an incredible team effort thus far. I had the very moving experience this week of taking the hundreds of stories or little thank you notes that you wrote to the Lord last Sunday, and I was reading over them and praying over them and crying over some of them as I read the outpouring of gratitude to God for what he's done in so many of our lives. How many of you like me to read a few? Okay, here's just a few. Uh, Thank you, Lord, for saving me, for loving me, for setting me free, for giving me purpose and peace. Thank you, Lord, for bringing me home, smiley face. Thank you, Lord, for healing me and establishing me in your church. Thank you, Lord, that since I came to this church, two of my children have come to the Lord and have declared their faith and got baptized. My mother has also come to know the Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the blessings over our whole family. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for healing my stomach ulcers and bringing me to be part of the Kingsgate family where we can enjoy family and the wonderful peace of God. Thank you, Lord, for Kingsgate, my home since I was just 10 years old. I will forever love this church. Thank you, Lord, that since I was born again, I'm healed twice, debt-free, a changed life, awesome. Thank you, Lord, for restoring my family and marriage Thank you for saving me. Thank you for my new church family. Thank you, Lord, for this family that you gave me 23 years ago. This is my home and will always be my home. Thank you, Lord, for healing me from cancer. Thank you, Lord, for making me to draw closer to you and to get baptized. Thank you for the privilege of being part of this church and being able to serve your purposes. Thank you, Lord, for Kingsgate. I came 20 years ago, and my life has so drastically changed for the better. Thank you, Lord, for picking me up out of the gutter, for showing me your love, for giving me a worthwhile life. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, for the community you've surrounded me with. Thank you that I was able to spend my teenage years growing up in this church, and that as an adult, I get to continue to develop here. Thank you, Lord, for saving my life after so many overdoses, bringing me to Kingsgate to be healed from self-harm, alcohol, and now I actually want to live and not to die. You saved me and gave me a new family. Hallelujah. Isn't God good? Uh, I, I wish I could read many more of those stories. And as I was reading those stories, a couple of emotions came to fill my heart. Number one was, thank you, Lord. You're so good. But also, more, Lord. Please do more. 
in the lives of every one of us represented here. And also, Lord, please don't let us stop here. Because these represent hundreds of lives. But we all know, don't we, that beyond our gatherings, there are literally hundreds of thousands of people in our current cities and in our region, and of course, many more in the nation and the nations who haven't experienced the love of God as we have. And as I'm hearing about people getting saved and baptized, and the first time they come to a Kingsgate meeting experiencing the love of God, the incredible theme of I've come home, I've experienced family. In the tough times, I've had God's presence and people standing with me. My, my marriage, my family have been brought back together again. Many testimonies of miraculous healing and deliverance. As I read those stories, I say, Lord, do it again, Lord. Do it again in our lives, but do it again in the multitudes of those who aren't yet here. You see, our mission... Many of you know our long-term mission is, can we say this together, transforming lives from our neighborhoods to the nations by the power of God's love. And I want to tell you, that long-term mission is nowhere near completed. Can I have an amen somewhere? You know, we've had this word that's come through in the last couple of years. This is just the beginning. <laughs> this is just the beginning. That means we've got a lot of work still to do, friends. That means this is a church that's going to go to future generations. This is just the beginning. And we're called, just as we were in the early days, when it was just Karen and I and Emily moving to the city to think big, when there was no one apart from ourselves. Now the Lord is saying to all of us, think big. Think what God could do through your life. Think what the multiplied impact of now over 200 times the amount of people than when we first had our meeting with those nine people. Think what God could do if we will think big all over again. How many more lives could be transformed in our neighborhoods and to the nations? And here we are, 2017, looking ahead now to 2020. And we spent a lot of time last year as a leadership team and sharing with other leaders something of what we sense God calling us to. The sense was that we're at a new turning point, not a new story, still the Kingsgate story, still the call to transform lives, but almost like a new chapter or a new turning point in our journey thus far. For those of you who were here last Sunday have seen the the, the video of our story. If you track through, you'll notice that we actually had a number of key turning points. The first, obviously, was the starting point when, at small beginnings, we started in 1988. Another key turning point was when we as a family had to put our faith on the line and go full-time when there was no money available. Then in 1997, the word that God gave me, don't just build a church of blessing, Take that out with an anointing to reach the city. That was a turning point. 2001, that time, we had the call to buy land. And by then, hundreds of you had joined us from Peterborough and others who are now in other centers were part of that. And we sacrificially obeyed the call again. That we took that word from God and we started giving and in faith. 
we built the Kingsgate Peterborough building. And what a turning point that was when in 2006 we moved on to this site and all that God has done as a result. It was a turning point. 2010, when we obeyed the word we'd had for a few years to enlarge our vision and start going into other cities, first into Cambridge, then into Leicester, and now into London. That was another turning point. Here we are in 2017, looking ahead to 2020, and I believe we're at another turning point, another defining moment. And God is wanting to open up another chapter in our story. And if you look back at our journey thus far, each step of the way, it took faith, it took obedience to the Word of God, and it took an increasing number of people saying, we're in. We want to play our part. We want to give of our time, treasure, and talents to see this happen. We're going to do what it takes to fulfill the Word of God in and through us together. And here we are looking ahead. And as we look at all the blessing, thank God we're not in crisis. But someone said that the greatest danger to future success is past success. Let me say that again. The greatest danger to future success is past success. Why? Because there's something in our human psyche that gets complacent, or is it just me? There's something that likes just to settle and part where we are, but I want to tell you that God is a God on the move, and God wants, has got so much more that he wants to do through our lives, in us and through us, and he wants to help us and empower us to reach many more people for his glory. Now more than ever, we need to believe. Now more than ever, we need to say, Lord, we will play our part. And just because now the church is so much larger and looks like so much around, can I say it's going to take every single one of us. It's whether you're young or old, whether you're from a different nation, God is calling you to play your part just as much as we need to play our part 28 years ago, 15 years ago, 10 years ago, 5 years ago. Now is the time for every single Kingsgate member to say, I want to be in. Count me in. I want to play my part. So we're going to look ahead to 2020. Why 2020? Well, first because there's something about a four-year period. Last vision was a five-year vision. There's something that we can do by God's grace in four years that I believe can make a massive difference. You know, we can do a certain amount in a year. How many of you know that in four years, a whole lot can change? Do you know, we'll have changed in four years. I'm praying that this won't go any grayer, but I reckon, <laughs> short of arresting the, <laughs> the natural processes, we'll have changed a bit in four years, yeah? But how much can be accomplished when... Hundreds and thousands of us obey the word of God again and, and do something in his name and by the power of his spirit. There's something else about 2020 vision, and it's this. If you think in the natural, um, if I say 2020 vision, what do you naturally think about? It means what? Vision clarity. You can see clearly. And so I believe 2020 vision is partly about 
God helping us see more clearly than ever how we can accomplish our long-term mission to transform lives from our neighborhoods to the nations by the power of God's love. And I believe God wants to give you, as an individual believer, wherever you are, increasingly clarity about how you're to play your part. So, what is 2020 vision? Well, as we saw the Lord as a leadership team, we sense the Lord speaking into our midst this, this word. It's time to turn the church inside out. Can we say that together? Inside out. It's time to turn Kingsgate inside out. Now, we've done a lot out, but we've spent 28 years, and a lot of our attention has been building insight, building the church, building ministries, building a place, a home, a family where people can come and find refuge and thank God for where we are right now inside. But the word of the Lord is, without neglecting continuing to focus on inside, it's now time to turn our attention out, individually, as groups, as ministries, as a whole center. Why? Because there's many, many more lives that need to be transformed by the power of God's love. And some of them are only going to get reached and rescued and blessed if we go to them. Inside out. And as I was seeking the Lord last summer, and, and this inside word, out word was sort of incubating in our spirits, I was on a study break and felt the Lord very clearly directing me to a passage of scripture in the Old Testament, Ezekiel chapter 47. If you know anything about Ezekiel, he was a kind of, let's say, an interesting guy. He gets lots of sort of pictures and visions, uh, and God speaks to him in that way. And one of the pictures or the visions that God gave him was of a river. And it was a river that started in the temple, which is up in the mountainous area in Jerusalem. But this river flowed down, got in progressively deeper. It went down into the, the valley, into the sort of desert area. And when it hit the Dead Sea, a miracle happened. The Dead Sea basically got desalinated. All the salt and the chemicals were purified. And as a result, where there was death and no life, life Started, started coming out. And there's a whole bunch of fish suddenly are able to live. And lots of fishermen fishing the fish on the sides of the banks. And then beside the banks of the river, there's this glorious picture. And we'll, we'll unpack this a, a, a little bit in, in a couple of weeks' time. There are trees along the side of the river. And the leaves of the trees are for the healing of the nations. And the food that comes there is to bring food. And as I started looking at this scripture, I sensed a strong presence of God in that room. And I focused in and I felt the Holy Spirit drawing me my, my attention to verse 9. It, said, it says this in the message translation. Wherever the river flows, say wherever. Wherever the river flows, life will flourish. Come on. Wherever the river flows, life abounds. If you want to know what 2020 vision about, it's about that right there. A life-flowing river from the temple of God down 
into the desolate places, down in the dead places, bringing life where currently there is no life. It's a miraculous river. It's a supernatural river. It transforms individuals. It transforms communities. And in this picture, it's literally an ecological miracle saying something dramatic happens wherever the river flows. You say, well, how does that apply to us? There's two things that, and I want to make this really simple today. This is headline day. We'll unpack it a bit more next few weeks. Two things that we need to respond to the Word of God. If the Word of God is inside out and there's a river flowing from the temple down into the valley, down into the Dead Sea, there's two things that you and I need to recommit or commit ourselves to for the first time. Two movements. Number one, gather and go. Can we say that together? Gather and go. Trust now you're breathing. (laughs) If you're breathing, you're doing something. You're breathing in and you're breathing out. And just as we need to breathe in and breathe out in the natural to stay alive, I believe if we are to fulfill the word of the Lord, in fact, if we are to fulfill our calling to be Christians, followers of Jesus, we need to gather and we need to go. Let me look at both of these in turn. Firstly, there's a call to gather. See, it's important to note that Ezekiel's river starts inside the temple. It starts in the house of God. Now in the literal vision there, he would have been picturing the temple at Jerusalem. Literal, physical temple made of physical stones. But I want to tell you that God doesn't live in a physical house. Do you know where God lives now? He lives in a spiritual house. 1 Peter 2 verse 5, Peter talks about us as believers. He says, you are now living stones. Living stones. You're a child of God, you're part of a family, but one of the pictures of being a Christian is that you are part of a spiritual temple or a spiritual house. What was the point of the temple? Old Testament, what was the point of the temple? The point of the temple was it was the, gate, the place where God would specially reside. It's where he would manifest his glory. But I want to tell you, we live in a much better day than Ezekiel's day. Ezekiel was prophesying something that we now live in. We are now living stones. Every single believer, 1 Corinthians 6 verse 19, every single believer is a temple of God. That means when you go out of this place, wherever you're gathered, you are a carrier of the presence and the glory of God if you're a believer. God's very presence already lives in you. Hallelujah. But there's something else. The full representation and manifestation of Ezekiel's picture of the temple where the glory of God resided and where the river begins to flow out from is not just you and I as individual believers. We are temples of the Holy Spirit. Our bodies are temples of the Spirit. But you know the greatest representation of the temple of God in the New Testament? It's not you and I as an individual believer. It's the church of the living God. 
It's the church of the living God. That's why we've got to gather. In a culture where it's getting busier, more and more consumerism, more and more entertainment, more and more things demanding our time and our focus. I want to recast a vision, Kingsgate, for the next four years. We need to gather with greater regularity and expectancy and fervor, knowing that as we gather, we come together as living stones and God's glory is in our midst. We'll talk about going in a minute, but I want to say now is not the time to back off from or dilute gathering, 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 gathering. You see, as we gather, our God is glorified. Can I say if that was the only reason to gather, how many agree that would be worth gathering for? Giving glory to him. But also something happens that as we gather, as, a, as is evident from just reading these stories... God does something in us. As we gather to hear the word, as we gather in community and life groups, as we gather on Alpha and Beta and commitment, as we gather in Celebrate Recovery, as we gather to fast and pray together, God is somehow able to do something in and through us that isn't going to happen if we just stay as Lone Ranger believers. Can I have an amen? Amen. There's something about gathering that is so important. And of course, this isn't anything new. We've been gathering for the last 28 years. Our first gathering was nine of us in one home. I celebrate the fact that now we have hundreds and hundreds of people gathering in hundreds of homes. Our first public Sunday meeting in a venue was, I think, there were about 10 of us in one row. I don't think there was a single musician. I don't think even the tambourine had appeared by then. In a small community center in the north of one city, now there are thousands of us gathering Sunday by Sunday in different cities. Praise God. But you know, the greatest thing about our gatherings has been this. Our God has been faithful. Our God has been faithful. And week by week, small meetings, large meetings, he presences himself. Why? Because we're his temple. So can I encourage you? Let's gather with new expectancy that over the next four years, we're going to see greater manifestations of God's power and glory than we've seen in our whole history so far. Can you believe for more of the power of God? Well, there's something about us coming with new expectancy. God moves through our expectancy. Gather, gather, gather. If you're a regular, start coming regularly. If you're just coming to receive, come and serve and give. If you're not part of a life group, whatever, get in a life group. If you never think about bringing others, bring others. Let's make the most of the glory of what God wants to do as we gather. But if we're to go inside out, the the glory does start inside, in us. But we gather not just as an end in itself. We gather in order to go. You see, God's river, the river that flows, which is a picture of really the Holy Spirit, 
like water, flowing out from the people of God. Jesus in John 7 said, out of your innermost being, you as a Christian will flow up rivers of living water. The river doesn't stay inside. It's designed to flow outside. It's not, we're not supposed to just say, we'll park here. We'll rest here. Thank you for what you're doing right now. No, let's allow the river of God to flow out from us. And as we go out and the river of God, the Holy Spirit, it literally is flowing out from us. Guess what? Life is going to abound wherever we go. Now, this is huge. This is huge. Simple, but it's very, very profound. Jesus himself said in the Great Commission, in the message translation of Mark 16, 60, go. <laughs> he didn't say stay. He said go. Go into where? The world. Let me put it right where we are. It can mean the ends of the earth, but it also means go into your world. Go home. Not right now, but... Go to the gym. Go to your neighborhood. Go to work. Go and do the ordinary business of life that's part of being a human being that I created and destined you for. Go out. And as you go, go everywhere. And as you live the life, I'm paraphrasing now, don't forget to announce the message of good God's good news to one and all, that there's a God who created them. There's a God who loves them. There's a God who sent his son to rescue and redeem them. There's more to life than just making money and surviving. We're called to thrive in Jesus' name. We're called to a life that where our past has been forgiven, where we live in the present of purpose and God's destiny for our life, where we have the security of knowing that forever and ever we're going to be in the new heavens uh, on a new earth. Hallelujah, that's for everybody. He says, don't keep this to yourself. He's talking to his disciples. Are you a disciple of Jesus here? Are you a disciple of Jesus you're a follower of Jesus, then this commission is still for us. Go. Gather, yes, but go. So what does it look like for us to go? Well, let, let me just say something I think is foundational to this. Part of being an inside-out people means that a fresh seeing clarity of the fact that when we say Jesus is Lord, it, we mean... He is literally Lord over all of creation and over all of life. Now, I know we know this, but can I say that Jesus is Lord over our Sundays and he's Lord over our Mondays? He's Lord over when you serve on the children's team on a Sunday and he's Lord, he's Lord when you teach the children in the primary school He's Lord when you're on a healing team or whether you're working in the health service. He's Lord when you have Christian fellowship and he's Lord when you're sitting in the gym. I say sitting because it's got to be jacuzzi as well as workout. <laughs> Jesus is Lord 24-7 of every part of creation and therefore every part of our life. This is foundational to the inside-out vision. He is the head of the church, but he's also the king of the, over his kingdom and his kingdom is over all. Can I have an amen somewhere? Amen. If we get this, if you like, our theological foundation, he's king of all, what does that mean? It means that you and I 
are called to know God? Yes. To find freedom? Yes. To partner together in and through the local church for purpose? Yes. But not to stop there. To realize that our identity and destiny as Christians, as those living under the lordship of the king, is this. For every one of us to live as kingdom ambassadors. Living as kingdom ambassadors. You see, some of you go to work and you want to serve God, but you've got a real low view of how God can use you there. I want to, I want to raise the bar. I want to raise your faith. I want to raise your expectation. I want to give you a biblical perspective of how the Lord views every part of your life. It's a high calling. Now, let, let's think about the term ambassador. It's a familiar term, I'm sure, to many of us. Dictionary definition, one definition is this. An ambassador is an accredited diplomat sent by a state as its permanent representative in a foreign country. Let me read it again. An ambassador, an accredited diplomat sent by a state as its permanent representative in a foreign country. Let me apply this to when we become Christians. When we become Christians... We first and foremost become children of God. We join the Father's family. But we also, another picture, is we become citizens of the kingdom of God. The universal kingdom of God. And therefore, that means that we have a headquarters. Where's that? In heaven. Jesus is present here by his spirit, but in his physical, resurrected, glorified body... The king is at the right hand of the father on the, who's on the throne. We have a headquarters in heaven. And we need to realize that we're not just sort of making up the numbers in life. No, no. We're not even just gathering, although we are. We're gathering, as it were, in the embassy. We gather for fresh empowering and instructions. But much of our lives are supposed to be lived knowing that we are here 24-7 to represent the good government of the king wherever we are. Come on. You're an ambassador. You're an ambassador. You're not just going about your life. No, no. You are a kingdom ambassador if you're a Christian. Called to represent the king. Wherever you go. And as you go and you live lives of integrity and be a blessing, you can increasingly Shine the light of Jesus and bless people <clears throat> in word and deed. And watch more and more people say, I want to be part of that kingdom too. That's integral to inside out. Gather, go, live as kingdom ambassadors individually. But there's something that if we're going to really make an impact over the next four years, we, there's an individual call, but there's also a collective call. You see, we can represent the king wherever we are in our work, in our neighborhoods, in our networks, in our families. But I'm sure you'd agree with me, there are neighborhoods and networks in all of our cities and desperately true across our nation that there's very little or no Christian witness whatsoever. There are people facing a lost eternity and somehow, and here's the urgency of this, We've got to get out there and let them know there's a God who loves them. 
Let them know that the same Jesus who saved us is their Savior too. It's not enough just for us to do church. We're going to keep gathering. We've got to go to them and give them the opportunity that we have by the power of God's love. People in our neighborhoods, people in the nations. And so as well as going individually, there's something, and I'll unpack this in a couple of weeks' time, that we need to do together. Groups mobilized to go and reach their neighborhoods together. Whole centers mobilized to demonstrate the love of God, praying for the area, serving them. And as people hear and experience the love of God and people get healed and they get fed and they get helped and they think this is real, then we have an opportunity to tell them there is a God who loves you. Good news! We can do it together. We can do it together in our neighborhoods. And in three weeks' time, I'm going to unpack something about what our call is to the nation and beyond. But for now, let me just do a quick recap. What's our mission? Can we all say this together again? What's our mission as a church? Transforming lives from our neighborhoods to the nations by the power of God's love. What's our 2020 vision? To turn the church, shout it, turn the church, how are we going to do this? By committing to gather and go and by everyone living as kingdom ambassadors. Imagine with me if everyone, just as we've done in times past, it's just a lot more of us now, but we all said, I'm in. Don't think you don't matter. Don't think you don't have a part to play. You do. And we all said, we, Leicester, Kingsgate, Cambridge, London, Peterborough, living in the city, in the region, we all said, we are going to play our part. Whether we've been here for nearly 28 years, whether we've been here for a a, a few weeks, we're going to play our part. Imagine what could happen if we gathered and kept on gathering in small and large with a new expectancy, how much more God would be honored, our lives will be transformed, and thousands of people can have a first time, life transforming, eternity altering <laughs> encounter with the love of God. Believe that? <clears throat> I said, believe that? Yes. Then imagine if we all go from our gatherings with a new sense of we're called, with the river of God flowing in us and flowing through us to take the love of God out and live as kingdom ambassadors. How many more people who right now, currently, have no connection with God and no knowledge of Jesus? How many more lives could we transform and see transformed by the power of God's love in the next four years? How many more? This is treasure. I believe if we had to write this again in four years' time, we'd have a wonderful story. But I want you to imagine with me, how many more could we see in four years' time who are not currently in any of our gatherings, 
they write their story. Thank you, Lord, that because this 2017 group didn't stay put, but they moved in obedience with the Lord, how many more people could be saying, thank you, Lord, for saving me? Thank you, Lord, for rescuing me. Thank you, Lord, for transforming my life. Do you think we could see this doubled? And all that is, is each one of us in four years, one in four years, reaching one. Could we see more than that? As we partner with the Holy Spirit, I believe the Lord is wanting to do something stunning. And at the end of the four years, we'll be able to say, and, and in eternity, we'll be able to say, we played our part. <clears throat> we didn't back off from the word. We took the next turn. That's what our history is about, obeying the word of the Lord. Yes, it costs, but we're going to obey. We're going to be able to say, we played our part. And many are going to come and say, thank you. You didn't stay put. And most importantly of all, I believe when we get to be with the Lord, he's going to say, well done. Good and faithful servants. 2017, you said, we're going to go inside out. All the glory to him. Amen and amen. Father, we, even with these cards represented here, we pray in the name of Jesus over our own lives. Thank you for what you've done. But Lord, as we're at this new turning point, I pray right now for a release of the Spirit. Prophetic release over every single heart and every life that we will see multitudes more reached by the power of your love in the next four years. So help us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.